I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This is a hotline edition episode, and I am joined by comedian Joyelle Johnson. Welcome, Joyelle. Hello, hello. I am so excited to be here today. <laughs> I am excited because not only are you a friend of mine, and we have to talk about that for a second, how that happened, but also you are a listener of this podcast. Like, I don't think any of like my friends listen to this because, you know, we talk on the phone or whatever, but no, Joyelle, you listen to the podcast. I love, especially the hotline episodes. You you should see me on the train. I'll be yelling out into the ether when somebody asks you a crazy question. I'm like, girl, go to therapy. Like I'm screaming. <laughs> um, and let's talk about how we became friends. So I tell people that you are one of the friends that I picked up off the internet. I don't know if anyone's ever done that, but I happened to catch Joyelle's uh, special on the Peacock Network. Uh, somebody I know uh, gave me their login and password to see something else. And it just said, like, recommended for you. And I'm like, how would you know? How would like, you know what I like? Yeah. And, you know, it, it looked, you know, she looked amazing. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm living for this. Uh, let's, let's watch it. And I watched it. <laughs> this is a true story. And, um, I was like, she's cool. Let me see her Instagram. And I go on Instagram and she follows me. <laughs> yes, but of course. And it's just like, it's just like a whole different level. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, we can be friends now. Like, like not just because she follows me, it just made it easier. So I was like, hey, you're so, you seem so funny. Like, seem you, you're funny. I loved your special. Let's talk. And then, then after that, it became, why don't you tell them what after that, what happened? Oh, we went to we went to Greece. Is no, that that's what happened? like way oh, after. Oh, my bad. <laughs> the set we were and just like that came out. The oh the yes, the Sex in the City, and we hate watched that together via text message. Yes. Like I hadn't even talked to Joy on the phone yet, and yet every Thursday we would do a countdown at 10 p.m. Like three, two, one, press play, hate. and we would play at the same time, and then it would just be hate texts for the next hour. Oh, I loved it so much, especially because I am a Sex in the City old school fan. We got somebody named Carrie in the chats right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I love Sex in the City. And just like that was so terrible that it was heartbreaking, but it was fun to hate watch. But also when we started watching and just like that, the character Che had yet to come into our lives. And yes. the fact that you are a comedian and then we're there's a comedian on this show who they have comedy concerts uh yeah. it just added this other layer of humor for me personally watching you process that <laughs> yeah i couldn't process it it was difficult i love that actress they are a great human being but that character was a mess from the top to the bottom and what is a comedy concert we still don't know what a comedy we concert is we still don't is. know what a comedy concert is but i look forward to attending your comedy concert one day joelle I do comedy concerts every day, multiple times a night, y'all. <laughs> and um, and then yeah, and then after that, we she she. It's funny we um 
Joyelle and I, we met, you know, we met a couple of times and then one day we're like, let's go on a double date. And I think when you do a double date with a friend, especially a new friend, you're kind of like, oh, I hope our, our guys get along because yes. you want to do more double dates. Yes. And I, I was like nervous. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I was nervous. Uh, I don't know. I've never met, you know, your man before. And, you know, I think you had an idea of who my husband was because of the internets yeah. uh, and the podcast, cause he's been a guest. So I was like, all right, let's, let's see what happens. And oh my God, like they best friends, like we were at the bar and we we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, pull them out, you know, you know, from each other. And then after that, George was like, you know, come to Greece when, you know, we go to Greece in the summer, you should come visit us. And Daniel's like, uh, Joel's partner. He's like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Yes. I wasn't worried at all because everybody loves Danny and that's my partner. And I was, I wasn't nervous at all. And then I knew you always talked about George saying everybody loves George and the two of those nerds just nerded out in nerd land. And I love watching them just talk and walk off into the ether together. They're in like their whole universe, (laughs) their whole other universe. They're really good listeners among each other. It's really wholesome masculinity uh, experiencing that. And, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that. It's hot. I like it. (laughs) So in your comedy special, you talk about, um, doing couples therapy with your partner. In fact, let's talk about your partner for a second. You know, you met Daniel. (laughs) When did you meet Daniel? I met Daniel in 2019 and I have to preface this story with everybody by saying it might start off sounding a little sad. We had a mutual friend who passed away. He was a comedian. Um, shout out to our buddy, Kevin Barnett, rest in peace. And he, my boyfriend went to college with him. And so we met at a funeral. Oh my goodness. And I'm going to put this in my obituary. If somebody would like to, you know, get together after Joyelle's funeral, she has all the blessings on this and Mm -hmm. I fully encourage it. So I feel like he pushed us together. And one of my friends was just like, Oh, you know, I I feel like you guys should get together. So she hooked us up. We went on one date and it was over. And that was March 1st of 2020. I love that. So yeah, do that math. And we got together and we've been together ever since. And I actually live with a human male, which I never thought would happen. And you did that all during the pandemic all during the pandemic, fully pandemic relationship. Three months in, he said, I love you. And I was like, great, we need a couples therapist stat. Cause I knew I needed some assistance because A, I'm an asshole, hello, comedian, we're all terrible people. And I don't know how to relate to men. I've been doing comedy for 17 years. So I just been yelling at jerks, you know, at comedy clubs, you can't, I can't heckle my boyfriend. Like he was just showing me pictures. He was like, which picture should I use for work? I was like, well, you look like first day of school in that one. And I was like, oh, should I not be heckling (laughs) your pictures? (laughs) So yeah, couples therapy. I mean, we still have our couples therapist. He has been guiding us through this journey and it's fantastic. I recommend it for everyone. Tell me, tell me what are the two things that you've gained the most from using a couples therapist? uh you know on your relationship number one just realizing any little issue we have is from something from our childhood you know it's like every little you know i got upset because he did this is a trigger you know anytime you're upset with each other it's a trigger from something that your parents did 40 years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was one of the huge ones and um number two just 
to um, be more confident in the and trusting with each other because I'm a person that had one foot out the door with the relationship because I didn't trust it because I didn't have a good foundation with my um, parents. Mm. So now, you know, I trust him and I, I don't know if I'll ever be 100%, which is really true. And we've been working on that. Everyone's working on being 100. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm what, like 96.4. What would you say to someone who's like, oh, this sounds really cool um joyelle is influencing me and joining like you know getting a couples therapist how do i bring it up with my partner oh i mean i think it's just a great thing to be like it's a neutral party you know let's find this person together because we we talk mess about each other in front of each other to the couples therapist it'd be like oh i've been holding on to this since tuesday and now it's friday at 6 p.m and i got my hand raised i got something to say that he did <laughs> And he got something like to say that I mom. did. Oh, exactly. I say a couple's therapist is a parent for your relationship. So that's the beauty. And I think if I also think if a person like on a first, second date, if you talk about a therapist, a couple's therapy and they're not into it, that's a red flag for me. Tell me why. I feel like if a person is not able to be introspective enough to think that they can have a person who's neutral mm. to give them any guidance, if they're if they're not into that, I don't think that that's a good, um, you know, moniker like they, if they don't have a therapist, that's OK. But if they're like, I don't need therapy. I think that's just wrong. Yeah, because we like all need whenever, it. Yeah, I feel like whenever I hear someone say, like, I don't need therapy, it's like, well, you know, well, I usually ask, like, well, who do you think needs therapy? And right. then talk to them. It's like, oh, well, this person I go. But do you not have these issues, too? And I'm not saying everyone should use a therapist, but being open to the idea of having, like you said, a neutral party to unpack that trigger, figure out the boundary, you know, absolutely. Have that safe you... space to explore your emotional range. Yeah. And once you know what it is, you can fix it next time. Because that doesn't mean it's not going to still come up. Right. Our triggers still come up. But then we're like, oh, you triggered me when you said that. And we can actually have that conversation. Right, right, right. Well, again, I want to welcome you for coming to Ask a Matchmaker and more specifically a hotline episode. Uh, are you ready to answer some questions? I am ready to answer some questions. And I will preface this by saying I'm not an expert. I'm just silly. So y'all better listen to Maria, but I will have things to say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker hotline. How can we help you? Hi. So first of all, Maria, I just want to repeat, thank you so much for everything you do. I'm sure I speak for like women all over the world when I say <laughs> you are doing such powerful, important work and the resources you put out are just like invaluable. So thank you. And thank you for taking this question. I'm so excited. Um, Thank you. Okay, so here we go. This is a lot, but I'll try to give you the high level overview. Um, so I'm 39. Um, I left a five year relationship <laughs> with um, my live in boyfriend at 37, which in and of itself was a really hard decision to make at that stage of life. Uh, so he went from wanting kids to I don't know if I want kids to I only want to adopt to I don't know if I want kids. And if you need an answer now, it's no, but I still don't know. So by the time I hit 37, that's just something, a value I can't give up. And he was also just a very toxic person, um, you know, a nice guy, but just who didn't have it together emotionally and needed to do a lot of work, put it mm -hmm. that way. Um, so after five years and probably too late at 37, I was just like, if I don't give myself this chance, I will always look back and regret it. 
um, for having settled and not gone after what I really want. So since then, I've been in two short relationships. Um, and I'm the kind of girl who my whole life sort of just got myself involved with unavailable people. And I've done a lot of work to try to change that. A lot of that work has happened in the past two years. Um, so I've been in two short relationships. And the reason I prefaced by saying that is because everyone in my life, all of my friends and family have said, like, you are dating so differently. You are a different person. You know, the first relationship I ended because he lied and actually said he wanted another child. Six months in, I like circled back to double check because I live with anxiety. Thank God I asked. Oh, by the way, I meant to talk to you about that. I don't. So now at this point, I'm 39. Okay. Yeah. So quickly, didn't even think twice. Was like, gotta go. Bye. Broke up with him. Like, I, there's too many issues there. Next short relationship went from Prince Charming to an actual nightmare in a span of three months. So like Jekyll and Hyde was quite frightening. Old Tara would have tried to um, stop and fix that rather than leave. I left. But my question for you today and the reason I gave you that long preface is it is really hard to me in this stage of life and not put so much pressure on myself when I literally restarted over to try to find what I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't, I guess like, is there something I should be doing differently? Like, how do you stay hopeful? It's hard to get hurt that much and then continue to go on these dates with these guys from the apps who quite honestly, I don't mean this rudely, but at my age with the men who want what I want, it's slim pickings. It really is. um, uh, Yeah. So you're asked, so just to reiterate, your question is, how do I stay hopeful? How do you stay hopeful? How do you not be negative? How do you not be jaded? You know, being on these apps is all new to me in the last two years because mm. I was in a live-in relationship and it just mm. seems I'm a successful driven person and it, it really is slim pickings at my age. And yeah, any advice you have as the guru would really be helpful. <laughs> Joyelle, you want to take this a little bit? <laughs> um... I, girl, same. Um, I was 37, 30, yeah, 37 or 38 and very, very single, but I hadn't been in a long-term relationship. And so I was in that mindset of like, how am I even going to be able to handle a long-term relationship when it comes? So I said, look, I'm going to just focus on this career. And luckily me focusing on the career made me be able to give space for, you know, I guess my partner to come into my life, but a lot of my friends are jaded right now. And I, I just try to like, tell them to look at it as fun. You know, Maria, you said that before in the podcast to try to look at it as, you know, I went on this date, it didn't work out. And the next one, let's try to make it an adventure. Um, that's, that's just one of the things I could try to say, because every day I looked at as a story and potential jokes, you're not a comedian. Cause you seem like a normal, healthy, um, adult. <laughs> So So for me, I'm like, okay, if you're not looking for it as a story, but it's kind of like, you know, it's just having fun, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know that's difficult. I know that's difficult. Um, Maria's going to give better advice. Go, Maria. Uh, Joyelle, you're doing great. Um, So, so, uh, so just to kind of unpack a lot of the things that you said with the history that you gave us. So you're right. You did date someone for too long. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. you dated for someone for too long because you live together. 
Uh, and it goes back mm. to why I don't think you should live with people unless you are concrete on what that future looks like. Not that living together is just a band-aid for like, we can now push back certain milestones because, Hey, we live together. Right. So, um, so, so, you know, so yeah, dating someone for five years in your thirties, uh, who's not eye to eye to you with you. And, and, you know, that's, that's literally four years and, and seven, eight months too long. Um, and I'll tell you why, because I feel like when you're over 30, um, I do believe men know within four months, of what the outcome of this relationship is going to be. And maybe it doesn't go past dating. Maybe it doesn't, um, uh, maybe it does it, maybe it could lead to marriage, but with no kids, if that's the lifestyle that they want, like there is a conversation to be had. And I think the reason why many women, especially even the audience in this particular hotline are resonating with what you're saying is because we sometimes don't believe men when they don't answer or maybe answer a question because we don't want to make a decision after that. Right. So in, with that said, you know, we are account, we're, we're accountable to what happened, but now in the future, we're going to do different things. And here are the mm-hmm. things that you have been saying, right. I picked up on the fact that you said that it's slim pickings and you know what, I'm not going to lie to you. It is. Let's <laughs> talk about math for a second. Okay. I don't know your background. Um, so I don't know if you want to be with someone who shares the same faith as you, or lives in the same geographic area as you, or politically aligns with you, or, um, maybe from an income or occupation perspective, uh, lined up. I don't know what your preferences are. And I'm not even saying that those preferences are something that I would advise you to do. Okay. So let's, but let's just look at the math for a second. I'm going to tell you that 30% of men, uh, all ages are just not dateable, just off the bat. Like that's just the foam (laughs) of men, right? Those 30%, they're just emotionally unavailable, need to go to therapy. And if they, if they're listening to this podcast and are like, am I part of that 30%? Well, go to the therapist and find out. And if a therapist mm-hmm. tells you that you have avoidant tendencies, you are part of that 30%. And the only way to fix that and rewire yourself is to acknowledge that there's a problem. So now we know that there's that 30% off the top. Okay. So now we've got the remaining 70%. Now you are 38, 39. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I'm assuming you want to, how, what is the oldest you would date? Oh, I'm, I'm 48. Give me a number. It, it, to me, it's more, do they want a family and are they on the same page as me? What is the oldest you would date? 50. 50. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, the men that are between not all men, but let's say I see this as a professional matchmaker, at least. So of that 70% that are, let's say, emotionally. Okay. Um, half of them are not interested in dating anyone over 35. Mm. All right. So now we have, and we're talking about online right now. Okay. Where your age is a part of the call to action. It's on your profile and people can search against that age. So online world is very different than real world. So I'm just going to focus on online world. So now we are left with half of 70% is they're now 35% of men. And you're telling me that there's slim pickings of that 35% of men. And you're right, because (laughs) you don't know that 35% of men now, they might already have kids and might not want more kids. They might already have kids and tell you, yeah, I want to have more kids because they want to date. You know, a 48 year old man sees you as young because you are young. First of all, we got to get rid of that mindset. So to him, he'll say stuff like, yeah, I'll tell her I want to have kids so I can date her. That's what happened. (laughs) Okay. Oh. Literally, so, I was in a relationship for six months with this man. 
Right. And so, and so what I'm saying to you is that you're absolutely right. So instead I would take a different approach. Right. And I know this is going to go against some of the things that I always say, which is like online is a tool to meet people. And we'll talk about online in a second, but right now, if I were you, I would 100% focus all of my attention on in real life interactions like Joyelle, right? She met her partner in her late thirties. How did they meet? I know they met at a funeral. And I'm not saying you go pick up men at funerals. Although that is a great place because there's so many. Listen, people are sad. People are sad. They don't want to die alone. I get it. Um, but it, you know, she met someone through a friend. And when you meet people through friends, you're all you're almost immediately, not always, but almost immediately aligned on core values. Okay. So you might say now, you know, Maria, I don't have a friends. I need you to make friends. I need this to become your full-time job. You need to spend yes. 15 to 20 hours a week creating scenarios. I know your eyes just bulged out, but Hey, if you were 30 friends that I like, I know I have to make more. (laughs) Are your friends currently working for you? Are they setting you up? Uh, Not really. No, no. So you can talk to them in a year for the rest, for the next six months, right? You are on a timeline. You need to meet new people. Uh, and listen, and here's the best part about meeting people in real life right? When you go to events, go through new friends, do classes, all that stuff. You're, this is your new part-time job, right? If you were unemployed and you were looking for a job and you got to pay rent, there would be an urgency. And you just told me you want to have kids. The urgency has kicked in. Oh, so yeah. now we're going to like overwhelm the system. We're going to do fun shit. We're going to concentrate on our social life. And that, and with that said, what I want you to do is do make new friends. I know that's hard. I know that's hard. I know how hard it is to make new friends, right? I host a retreat and literally it exists to help women make new friends, right? So find, if you want, come to my retreat next summer. We just put the, I'll put the registration link in the episode notes. We just opened up registration. You can look up other retreats where you can meet other people. It's okay if it's other women, right? Because those people now it's their job to help you meet new people, right? I need you to invite me when, you know, uh, when, when you have a barbecue, I need you to invite me when we have a cookout. There's a difference between a barbecue and a cookout. Black barbecues. I saw this. Well, you know, and but even that, right? You're right. Black people do have cookouts. But if I just saw this on Twitter and I completely agree with and I and I and I suck for not having the name uh, to like reference it. But one of one of the people that I followed said, you know, uh, a black person has a cookout, but they're not inviting the boss to the cookout. But at that barbecue, they're inviting their boss. Okay. And they're inviting coworkers. Okay. So we got to get both. Okay. I need you to start infiltrating. So we're going to start doing in person, in real life things. Okay. It's, it's level 10, like right here. Right. And then online is the tool to have fun experiences. So I want you also today to make a list of the 10 things. What city do you live in? Toronto, Toronto, write down the 10 things you've always, did you grow up in Toronto? Uh Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want you to write down a list of 10 things you've always wanted to do in Toronto in oh God. I don't want to say Buffalo, but I don't know. <laughs> you rude. Wait, wait, Torontonians go to Buffalo to get our American groceries and shopping. And that's about it. Then we come well, listen, when you do that, you don't wear AirPods. You can meet someone at the supermarket. Okay. <laughs> so listen, Toronto, Montreal, Quebec, like I need, if we're going to stick to Canada and, and that's fine. Um, I need you to make a top 10 list of things you've always wanted to do. And now when you're online dating, when you're messaging people, this is the list of dates you're going on. Yes. Hey, 
I want to go out with you, but I've, you know, I've never been to the CN tower. Do you want to go on Friday? I've, you know, I really want to go shopping in Montreal over the weekend. Do you want to come? We can have separate hotel rooms like use online to make fun experiences happen. And what will happen from this? Two things. One, you're meeting new people, but two, even if it doesn't work out, you've established a new male friendship with someone who could introduce you to someone special. And that's the deal you have to make with them, right? If it doesn't work out, like, listen, you're awesome. I don't think this is it. But if you have a friend, I want to talk to them and I'll do the same for you. I will set you up. Do you get what I'm saying? And now what is the cool thing about doing online, um, offline stuff, right? Like let's say you meet someone in real life. Age doesn't really matter. When someone looks at you at a bar or at your the open bar at a friend's wedding or, you know, at your, at a, at a barbecue or at the dog park or whatever, no one's like, that's a 39 year old that's right talks like that that only happens online right that only happens online yeah that's so true joyelle's with someone who's younger than her yes baby i'm a low-key cougar i'm a cougar you're my inspo on so many levels joyelle thank you i'm so glad i met you (laughs) oh this is so beautiful but also congratulations on getting out of that five-year relationship because i know that's that's something to be congratulated on because that's hard to do you gotta move girl move it is terrible So like pat yourself on the back for that, for not settling and knowing that you wanted to do more and definitely have fun. Do what you want to do on a date. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do on a date. If I hear that you're like, oh, I went for a cocktail. Was that on your top 10 list? No, absolutely. Like right now, you know, what's really cool. Like it's, it's, it's October. And I know that in Toronto, there is like this massive new year's party happening at some like old building. Really? Yeah. I forget where it's called. It happens every year. This like I don't know. Okay. You gotta ask. It's your job to ask around your town. Okay. Uh, there's this big old <laughs> building where this massive, it's like, I think 400, 400 Canadian dollars a ticket, something crazy, right? I want you to go to that event and I need you to find a date for that event. And if you go single, that's fine. I need you to hook up with someone. Yes. Okay. We got to look at, we got to, we got to do this stuff. Uh, yeah. This is your new job. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you for your so question. Much. Thank you both. Good luck. Thank Thank you. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can we help you? Right now, um, just turned 40 and I've, uh, quote unquote, dealt with my, you know, starter marriage. And that was nine and a half years. Um, It was to a Greek man. And so I did the whole, you know, try to keep it quiet, you know, for the family and, you know, growing up with, um, with people pleasers, I just continued being a people pleaser. And nine and a half years later, I'm like, mm, maybe it's just time I, you know, look out for myself and do what I need to do. Had conversations with my family because, you know, I had that whole thing of never want to be a disappointment. Um, so then I stayed single for a while, kind of did the online thing on and off just mm-hmm. to see, you know, what's out there being back in the field in the field. Oh my God. (laughs) Being back on, uh, the market after nine and a half years. And so I had gotten into a relationship for, well, situationship for about a year and a half and then realized, Hmm, maybe this isn't where it's supposed to be going and let go of that. Um, and then 
again, single for a few months, went to Greece to do the whole work from there for about three months and just kind of recalibrate and do all the inner works, went and saw a therapist for a little while too, to do some like real, real work and still doing some inner work. Then had a bit, a short relationship for about seven months, um, but external forces or environments kind of made that physical outcome. We're still friends. So right now, I think the question I have right now is I don't want to really do online dating. Like I don't want to go back on the apps just because like the previous caller and how you've also said like the age, but also there are extremely slim pickings and I'm just very straight with what I want from the get-go and I always get the whole well you know I just want to see where this goes okay Okay. but the question is like do you want to see if it goes as a serious relationship like are you looking for what are you asking this I'm like relatively maybe in the first couple of days of just like the back and forth to be like oh I'm sorry you're asking them what they're looking for before you've even met them in person yeah. Don't do like, that. Okay. Don't really? do that. Yeah. What do you think, Joyelle? You would ask this? I mean, I want to know if you are trying to, like, are we on field? Like she mentioned, are we on field? Is this Tinder? What's going I on? I don't like, know. Like, why does the answer even matter? You might not even like them. Well, I mean, well, I mean, just in a sense of a person, you know, are you just trying to have sex or do you want a relationship? That's what I was thinking. But if you're on an app, you actually do have the option to say, I'm only looking for something casual. And let me tell you, the guys that are looking for something casual, most of them fill that out, right? Sometimes. If it says, yeah, sometimes. And there are men who say they're looking for a relationship. That doesn't mean that that's going to be with you. They still have oh, to no, date. For sure. And I get that. Absolutely. Right. And that's why, like, let me ask you a different mm-hmm. question, because I think um, the question is something else that you're trying to, you're asking the wrong. I think what's happening is you're asking the wrong question, waiting for a different answer. Okay. So what I'm thinking, you said you're 40. Yeah. And do you also want to have kids? I, if God's willing for me to have it, then yes. But like, I've, I've worked on realizing that it may not be in the cards for me. Like when you're dating men online, are you only trying to date men who want to get married and have kids? You, it directs closer to that. Yes. Cause that's the only reason why. I could see why you're asking that particular question, right? Because if you were not interested in having kids, then it it, it doesn't matter what it is. Cause you could just date, enjoy yourself. And hopefully one of the guys you go on a date with, that is the guy that you be in a long-term relationship, partnership, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But what's happening is you want to have kids and here's what's happening, right? Yeah. The guys know if you are over 33 years old, Mm-hmm. and a woman and you're dating online, every single straight man knows what your question means. When you're asking a guy, what are you looking for? They know that you are panicked and ready to have a kid. Hmm. Even if you're not asking them, do you want to have kids? Right. So I wouldn't, I would believe what's in the profile, which is like, I'm looking for something casual. Or if it's not filled out, then it's not filled out, right? If it's looking for something casual, go on a date with them and get an orgasm. There's there's no law against this. If it says something like, if, if it says something, sorry, let me just mute everyone. Mm-hmm. If it says something like, oh, if it's open or, you know, short-term to long-term or whatever options there are, 
it's worth just going on a date first, right? Determine mm-hmm. if you like them. And then it's mm-hmm. worth going on a second date. And then on the second date, that is when you ask those questions, right? Because the whole purpose of a first date is to go on a second. It's not to determine if you are long-term compatible. It does not to determine if you have the same lifestyle goals. You might learn these things on a first date, right? Mm-hmm. But first I need to know if you like them, right? Because if you don't like them and if you're not curious about them, then, then all no you're doing is showing them the panic button. <laughs> Got it. And, and the thing is, is like, I, I try to think about like, am I panicking for kids or is it just like, I always look at it, you know, if God willing, I'm, I live to 90, right. Okay. Then I can share 50 beautiful, loving years with someone. Amazing. Right. And that's where I'm like, just trying to focus on because I'm, have I completely come to terms with the fact that I might not naturally have kids, not a hundred percent, but I'm open to like adoption. I'm open to dating someone with kids and then become sort of like a mother figure to the child. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm not, that's excellent. These are, there's there's so many ways to provide love and a home for our child. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and having those, you know, your the motherly instinct that you want to feel, um, mm-hmm. show up in that, right. I'm telling you that if you're using the online dating medium to date people, when you ask certain questions, how it doesn't matter what you're saying. I'm telling you how it's being read. Got it. Guys. No, if you are over 33 years old and a woman, I would even argue if you're over 28 and you're a woman, <laughs> men just assume when they go out the with clock. you, that you'd like to have kids in the next two years. And if you're yeah. over 38, they just assume that if this works out, then we'll be engaged in six months. Mm-hmm. They, what they're trying to figure out is like, how panicked are you? Like, can we date a year or two? Or am I going to be asked to make a commitment to someone that I don't know yet? And in your case, they haven't even met you. Right. So how could anyone answer that question? If anything, it would just scare people off. I'm not saying that, oh, if he's the right guy, he wouldn't get scared off. No, like a normal guy, a right guy would get scared off, right? Because the last thing you want is to attract an emotional manipulator. Who's like, oh, she's ready to get manipulated. It's kind of like, it's it's funny because my daughter is sick today. So I was watching her favorite movie frozen and (laughs) there's this one scene. Uh, Have you watched frozen? I have not. Joyelle, have you watched frozen? I don't have any kids. So no guys, come on. Okay. So I'm not trying to ruin it for you. So don't listen too hard, but there is this scene, right? Where the princess, princess Anna, um, she is like just dying to be in love that this other prince, um, totally emotionally like love bombs her manipulates her. And then he throws it in her face when she's got like a frozen heart and also needs to save her. There are people out there who have seen Uh frozen who are right now laughing out loud. And you are my people. Let me find out Frozen was a soap opera. Joyelle. (laughs) Frozen, like the first time I saw, okay, when, okay, Frozen came out in 2012. And like you, I didn't watch until I had a kid who was old enough to watch it. So I watched it during the pandemic when Yanni was like three years old, right? And I remember watching it and I was like, what? (laughs) How did no, how is this not in the trailer? Like, I thought the prince was like a good character. He's the prince. I didn't realize it was like, it's, it's pretty dramatic. Like, I remember being like shocked. I was like, wow, that's hardcore. 
Oh, child. That yeah. sounds stressful. It is stressful. Anyway, uh, thank you again for your question. Before I call on to the next person who has a very Irish first name, that's a, a Gaelic first name. Uh, I got to tell you what I did this weekend. Did I send this to you? I sent this to you. To me? Yes. What'd you so send me? I, I looked up an ex-boyfriend just to see. Oh, yeah, some, girl. Ooh, yeah, you did. You know how sometimes you just like look up your exes just to see like, where are they? So I can avoid those geographic areas because I don't want to run into them. So this person's like barely on social media, but they created a Twitter account. So I was like, okay, I go on their Twitter. They haven't tweeted, but they follow people. Okay. I screenshotted, I screen recorded who he follows and sent it to Joyelle. And I was like, I cannot believe I let this person in me. Yeah. They were following like Matthew Gates, Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, <laughs> Tommy Lauren, um, Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Green, Green. <laughs> um, Ivanka, Ivanka, uh, what's it, is it Ivanka? Ivanka, which okay, um, that's like toxic femininity to me. What's it called? Tucker Carlson, and I was just like Rudy Giuliani, and I was just like, what, what? And he was Irish. Yeah, like from Ireland. Like he immigrated to this country when he was 28 years old. Wow. Well, like that, like that was crazy to me. That and he lives he lives in Connecticut in like a liberal part of Connecticut. Oh anyway, I just thought I was just like, wow, that's okay. I'm over that now. I'll never Google you again. <laughs> yeah, I mean he has one follower, so it's like <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So let's call on our Gaelic female follower here. Uh, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? Hi, Maria. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that about an, about an Irish man that that's how he ended up becoming. That's really, really sad. <laughs> um, so I'm 28 and live in Washington, D.C., which is a very transient city, as we know. Um, and I've been here 10 years. And uh, I would say I got my, my last relationship in January. And since then, I have actively been trying to be very uh, conscientious in dating and trying to actively date with the intention of eventually getting married, maybe not like immediately, but in the next like few years, have that be like a true path. And um, I'm finding that I am just generally emotionally connecting more with these guys who are either, who are like, they're unavailable in some capacity, whether they're emotionally unavailable, like it's a great connection, but, oh, I think I'm actually going to like move away for like law school or like, I'm going to go somewhere else or just some other form of unavailable. And I don't really know what I need to do at this point to like either make myself more interested in guys who are actually, um, who are available or just like whatever I need to do to kind of make those connections happen. Cause it keeps being guys who are unavailable in some capacity one way or another and i'm getting kind of tired of it like emotionally or emotionally um their, their communication for tech like for, for texting just is very poor so it like doesn't it, it's hard to maintain it um or it's the fact that they're like there's a good connection but they're moving away and just like i don't want to move to where they're moving and we realized just like timeline wise that's not going to be compatible and so like how old are you 28. That's a good age. Almost 29. And I, I say that's a good age, not necessarily for dating. It's a good age to like start articulating your values and boundaries because your brain is now almost, I mean, it's fully developed now. <laughs> uh, it's true. Do you know, like the divorce rate is like insane if you get married before the age of 27, because for a lot of people, 
they've never learned how to articulate their values until your brain fully develops. And after 27, it's like, oh yeah, these are my boundaries. These are my values. These are some of my triggers. And if you, if you, if you, if you can't grow with your partner in those ways, what happens naturally is people divorce. Um, I didn't learn to articulate until 38. So (laughs) she's way ahead of me. I'll tell you that 28 learning to articulate is a great start. Right. So, um, you know, Joyelle, uh, it's so, to me, it's so funny that, um, this particular question, when she said they're emotionally unavailable, her, the anecdote she used was someone being ambitious and moving away mm-hmm. for school. Right. I'm wondering, cause I feel like should the search broaden, you know, um, to a city that is less transient, like would, a you know, Baltimore or a Philly or a somewhere in Delaware. I don't know what cities are in Delaware. Um, <laughs> Wait, where do you where do you live? Uh, DC, right? Yeah, I and oh, yeah. I work for the government, so it's like I'm really not going to be going anywhere anytime. DC soon. every four years comes in and yeah. out. It's like Boston. Yeah, exactly. I would love to leave. I would actually love to leave DC. It's just I I know it's not in the cards for me anytime soon. So it's like I would wouldn't mind being with someone who wants to. Stay be here for a period of time and then is open to leaving DC at some point. Let me um, ask you another question. What is the oldest you would date? 35. Okay. All right. As long as he's like willing to go do things. Cause I've gone out with guys for 35 who seem more like emotionally available, but then they like, don't want to go dancing. They don't want to go do something like they, they will literally say like, Oh, I did that in my twenties. And I'm like, and so you won't do that now. And the vibe I get is no. And so you're like, okay. <laughs> so he attracts the most dull men. I heard that from Mitch a McConnell. lot of my friends who live in DC, <laughs> which is why I was wondering, like, what about, you know, parts of Virginia? I mean, that sounds terrifying to me, but um, other places like outside of a, like, what's your range? Cause you said 35 is your limit for age, but what's your limit for travel? Like how far would you, you know, open you that car? up to? I don't, I don't have a car. So that also um, limits how far I'm going to go right now. I have, I only go up to Bethesda, wherever there's a Metro. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, um, though, Bethesda has got some like pretty good men. I rarely see guys married, as an option. But, uh, and like, I rarely see guys from that area actually. And I have as a four mile radius. So I know Bethesda is within the four mile radius. I just don't usually see guys for that. You have a four mile radius? Yes, because uh, it's a is this really the metro big, radius. It's the metro radius because if, if like, I feel like if I have to transfer, to multiple forms of transportation to go see you, that's just going to be really difficult. Like the last guy I was seeing, he lived three and a half miles away, but there was a bus I could take directly from my place right to his apartment. So that was fine. Okay. You, do you want to have kids? Yes. Okay. So you are determining who the most important decision in your life (laughs) based on where the Metro line comes. So basically when was the Metro in DC built? So I'm Googling this for a second. There is a man, a man, in 1967, who has completely influenced your, your dating, dating life? In your dating life. <laughs> I'm assuming a white man, probably, right? Probably. And in 1967, like that's even before. Like that's we haven't even been on the moon. This is this is how outdated. Like if you were in the if, okay, if you were dating in 1967, that would make sense because you weren't using online. You were meeting people in someone's backyard and getting married at 25, mm-hmm. right? But 
why are you dating? Like it's 1967. Why are you dating? Like you live in a world where we haven't been on the moon. Uh, no, you have a job. I assume yes. Zipcar exists in DC. Amtrak. Amtrak. Uber. I love an Acela. I want you to like genuinely give a 35 mile radius a try. Don't look at this. I just like you just saw her face. It took her breath away saying that to her. Mm hmm. Yeah. But you need, mother... to live, you need to live in a post moon landing world like welcome to the future. Okay. No, it's so true because I mean, I live in Brooklyn and we joke about like someone in the Bronx is a long distance relationship because that's a local that's really what we joke about here. Like anyone you know, who, like I live in Ms. Morgan. If someone lives on 8th Street, you're like, that's long distance. How is it going to work? Yeah, but the yeah. difference, Joyelle, is that between Brooklyn and Bronx, there's 8 million people. Very true. How many, um, Google now. How many people? And, but also, I would have dated under someone. Under seven hundred thousand people live in DC. <laughs> seven hundred and one thousand people live in DC. That's like, twenty dudes. Come on, and you know thirty percent. <laughs> okay, so so hold up. Let's do the math for a second. Seven hundred thousand divided by fifty, because she's straight. Is we're left with a uh, what? No, I did that wrong. Seven hundred. Okay. 700,000, 350,000. That's 350,000, 300, right? And, yes. And then the, what is, what is 70, 30%, right? We are yes. undateable. Yes, three times three. So let's get that. So now we are left with. It's like a thousand dudes. Let's ballpark it. <laughs> Multiply. Okay. So now we're talking about yeah. 245,000 men. Let's say, uh, I don't know, 7% of those people are in her age range and maybe they're Catholic. Uh, I don't know if that's important to her. I'm just making some stereotype assumptions here. Um, and they all, and then half that's of the them way. maybe vote like her again, just making assumptions because I know DC is a reckoning there. Uh, yeah, we're literally talking about a thousand men, a thousand men who live off a metro stop. Like, no, no, my lady, oh, I need you to date in a post moon landing world. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Okay. All right. Okay. That's 35 mile radius. Let's go to the next question. Did we land on the moon? Okay, next question. It's um, <laughs> one that of my favorite conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, I feel like we did, but who's to know? I wasn't alive. Okay, I have two message questions for the for the remainder. Someone has wrote wrote in to ask a matchmaker. I've started to date someone who is going through a divorce. They filed a few months ago. Do you have any advice for giving them space to move through this process while also getting to know them? I want to avoid prying and instead create a space where they feel free to share as much or as little as they'd like about the marriage. We've gone on two very nice dates, six to eight hours each. That's a long time. Uh, and I've been texting almost every day. We agree to take things slow physically. So I know we're on the same page with that. He told me I'm the first person who he has dated since the divorce. Mm. So any dating tips or advice would be appreciated. Thank you. <sighs> That's a hard one, right? This makes me nervous. So like it does because the rebound, right? It's rebound, but also like the first two dates were six to eight hours long. Like I really believe that a first date should be like, unless you knew each other through friends and there's like an established uh background, Before. like you know what, yes, right. Uh if you're meeting a person that's a stranger where you don't know their emotional resilience or their emotional range, it should be a two-hour maximum on that date. Two drink maximum, two hour maximum. So six to eight hours is like have a hard out, right? Have yeah. somewhere to be. I need to go home. I'm Cinderella. And that's exactly what I don't have to make up lies. I just met you and I'm Cinderella on weeknights. And that's that. 
Uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. That's establishing boundaries. What I'm scared of is that she could be with someone who's, you said rebounding. He's enjoying the dates because he hasn't been on a date for God knows how long. And he's just enjoying dating. So yes, I can appreciate that she's giving space, but you've only been on two dates. Like, don't worry about the future right now. Worry about the present. Yeah. And I also feel like a lot of the long dates I went on were with men that I found out needed to get like this one dude was living with a woman and he wanted to be out the house. And so he was spending all his time with me. And then I found out he was living with another woman. So sometimes those long dates can be a little bit of a red flag for me. And I feel like if he is coming off of a a divorce, you do want to give him hard out times to be like, go, you know, be with yourself. That's part of the boundaries. That's what she was saying. Like give him space. So part of the space is, shorter Make, dates <laughs> part of those dates yeah part of the is exactly part of that space is like making sure he has a life yes exactly uh, you know, he might have lost all of his friends in the divorce too so he needs to go make new friends i do not trust men who have no friends uh pff, no no nope absolutely yes my boyfriend and his friends do a little nerd like phone date every oh, tuesday and it's so adorable same. they get on the phone and they love same. talking to each other um so yeah it's like give him the space but also give yourself the space right right like as no. the person I'll yeah. agree. all right let's go to our next writing question hi we hung out since june studying running and grabbing groceries together We're both grad students. I'm 31 and he's 39. His parents are in town and he says he's going to invite me to his house to have a meal with his parents. Is this a green flag? Okay, wait, before I keep going, hung out in June, studying, Mm -hmm. running and grad. He's inviting you as a friend. I like him. And if he asks me out, I'm open to dating him, but he hasn't asked. And I'm not sure whether he's being careful or just not interested in me. I think this, you are not dating this person. Right. The only reason he is inviting you to his house is to show his parents that he has a friend that he respects, but nobody is under the impression that you're dating him, at least of all him. Okay. Yeah. Cause a man's going to let you know if he wants to date you. Right. Especially when you're meeting his parents, like, you know, it's June, they met in June, hanging out since June. And what have you been doing? Studying, running and grabbing groceries together. You're literally, I feel like it's like, this is when my parents once met my, my husband had a female roommate in Boston this caricature of a French woman, like she would eat like, she would eat like a whole loaf of bread with butter and like a whole bottle of wine. And I love her. Shout out to Sabrina. If she ever listens to this podcast, but like when she introduced him to like my parents, my parents were like, yeah, that's nice. Like no one's (laughs) thinking this is the other chick. (laughs) Right. This is my friend that I met in grad school. Yeah. Who I've been studying with. Here's the person that I've been getting good grades with. Yeah, look at me. I'm responsible, mom and yes. dad. Look, I, yeah. I have someone to call 911 in case shit hits the fan. Like, here's my emergency contact when you can't. Right. Help. If I'm that's missing, it. call yes. her. That's it. There you go. That That's all it is. <laughs> you to call her if if he's missing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, Joyelle, it was a pleasure having you on the hotline. Oh my goodness. I had so much fun and shout out to everyone. Look, everybody look, just have fun. Just have fun. Try to have have fun fun. dating and do what you want to do in a post moon landing world. Have fun, have fun and have joy. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. And of course, to all of my listeners, uh, you can follow me on Instagram to get a link for the next hotline. Uh, I have a U.S. representative coming on the hotline in a few weeks, so I can't wait for that to happen. 
uh, to get out the vote uh, really quick. If you have not registered to vote, you need to go get registered to vote. We've got elections coming up if you're a U.S. listener, and it's really important to be registered to vote. Um, and what else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, my next retreat is coming up uh, in Greece. Uh, like registration is open for our my Baros 2023 retreat. If you want to come, there's a link in the show notes for you to sign up. Until then, be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week. <laughs>